Mic check, one, two, one, two. Do as I say, I know what I do. Can you hear me? All right. Good morning. I want to echo the sentiments of uh, Steve Romandi, who did our Lord's Supper this morning. Uh, indeed, yesterday, people showed up. Um, as far as members, visitors alike, it was so incredible to see kids having a safe space to express their innocence and adults you know, interact like little kids um, in a world that is ever-changing um, and getting worse and worse every day. Miss Angie, hats off to Miss Angie for planning uh, this fall festival. Uh, if you did not know, she's pregnant and she still planned the fall festival. I have never seen that in my life where morning sicknesses and, you know, ups and downs as far as a uh, lady's hormones, but yet still she was composed enough to pull it off. So <laughs> hats off to Miss Angie and to all of you guys who were here yesterday who played a part, who played a role. It was so incredible to see Bay Area show up yesterday. This morning, we want to do a little bit of fruit basket turnover, if you may. Um, our topic for this morning is lit. That's the, the youth group uh, term. However, for the grown-ups, it's called living in transition. So shall we stand up, please? Shall we stand up? Shall we stand up? And if you are not able to move around, just stay in your seats. That's okay. But take the next 30 seconds to just greet people. Go ahead. You can move around. You can leave your seat if you want to. But 30 seconds to move around and greet people. Okay, settle down, settle down, settle down, settle down. Transition is... Transition is termed as the process or a period of changing from one state or condition to another. And we do that every day. There are transitions that we do and we don't even think about that only require muscle memory, such as standing, seating, moving from point A to point B. And so we do it every day. It, it, it comes as a natural process, so to speak, and then there are others that require more of your time, more of preparation, more of uh, your mental processes. Maybe uh, you've moved from one state to another, and as I found out, everybody in Florida is not from Florida. Maybe Nebraska, maybe New York. And so you have that experience of renting a U-Haul and preparing your state of mind for snow uh, or sunshine. It's a bigger move. Some of us have moved from islands, and we've prepared ourselves for highways and byways in what is America. Some of us have blended families where you have two or three kids from one previous marriage and two over here from another, and you're coming together to make a household. Sometimes things don't work out in terms of marriage, but that doesn't mean that's the end of life. 
And so you are dealing with all these new feelings, these newfound feelings. Maybe you have kids. You had zero kids and now you have two or three. Kids are great. They are lovely. Sometimes they can be brutal. (laughs) But we keep them anyways. Maybe you've been dated for a period of time. And you find yourself alone in the theater. And you have to readjust yourself to being alone. Someone is not texting you at 2 or 3 in the morning. And you don't have a date for the weekend. You have to readjust to the single life. Maybe it's a job. Maybe you are in high school and you've gotten your first job. And you understand what parents say when they say budget. When they say, I'm not giving you any more allowance. Whatever you make, that's what you have to spend. Maybe you are living in college and now you are working. Or living in an apartment and now you are a homeowner. And with apartments, you have these little guys on those golf carts who come to fix things every now and then. A broken fence, maybe some garbage disposal that's not working right. When you get your house keys, there's nobody coming on a little cart. You got to go to YouTube or do a DIY, do it yourself. Because there ain't nobody coming. You assume full responsibility of that house, of that property, to mow the lawn, to chase up the neighbors who make the dogs poop on your lawn. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Maybe you're going to go to college, and you've always lived in the nest of your mom and dad, and you can handle people looking at you too hard or not liking what you're wearing. So you have to adjust to the conflict that is coming with dealing with people and their various personalities. Maybe you've been married and now you are separate or divorced and you are a single parent all over again. A mom or a dad who has to struggle to get through because this is all new territory for you. Maybe you're older. Maybe you've had a mate or spouse for over 40 years, 50 years, maybe 30 years. And all of a sudden, that person is gone, has made their transition into eternity. And all your routines, you know, shopping on a weekend, you know, doing the the, the thrift store thing, your favorite shows. Right now, you have to readjust and do that by yourselves and find other activities, other meaningful things that will occupy your time, occupying your mind, and bolster your spirit. Talked to my mom last week. My mom just turned 70. I'm like, how's it going? Mom, she says, yeah, things are going good. Things are going good. I'm talking to somebody. And whenever I hear that phrase, I'm talking to somebody, it's sort of a youth group phrase. I understand that somebody got their eye on a sparrow. And so I thought I did not hear her right. I was like, my mom is seven years old. She should not be talking to anybody. So I got angry. Yeah. I got a little, a little bit angry, and I was trying to talk to Joanne about it. And I was like, what? what's going on? But then, living the life that she lived, having survived abuse and having survived a divorce, consequently, my, my father passed away, and they, was, they were not talking. My mom has seen the best of life and the worst of life. And at 70, she wants to live, and she wants to share her life. She says, we're taking it slow, we're talking, but I'm interested in this guy at 70 years old transitions that I'm not ready for, but she is. (laughs) We all make those transitions. And if you're here, as I said to you guys, hey, just greet each other. You are looking around because that's not what you do regularly. 
You come in regularly and assume a seat regularly. And you know how this thing has to go with the songs and the sermon. But no one is going to ask you to move around because that does not happen regularly. So you have to decide whether this guy is crazy, whether you're going to do it or not, whether you're going to get up. You are preparing to transition. We do it every day. Big and small. Joshua is about to embark on the transition of a lifetime. Let's get some text in and dive into our lesson for this morning, Living in Transition. Pre-Jordan, Joshua chapter 1, it reads, we're going to do from verse 1 to verse 9. If you have your Bibles, follow along, or you can read on the screen. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them. To the Israelites, I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will be extended from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong. So watch word, watch phrase. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong. Here it goes again. And very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then, then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous and do not be afraid. The Lord goes with you each and every day. Moses. You are telling me, Lord, that I am to assume the responsibility of the Israelites after Moses? Yeah, Moses who parted the Red Sea. Moses who stood up to Pharaoh, Moses who hit the rock and water came out and we all drank from, Moses who helped with the conflict among Israelite families, Moses who gave us food, Moses who led us into battle and warfare, Moses who trained men, Moses, the one that is before me, I'm supposed to assume his role and you could feel the tension, you can feel the tension weighing down on this young man's heart. Because nobody wants to follow after Moses. Yeah, Lord, I'm going to take Moses' mantle up and lead your people. All these people, at around that time, roughly 2 to 2.5 million people, Israelites, I'm supposed... Man, I have never been married. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't do conflict very well. 
but I'm supposed to stand up in Moses' place and lead 2.25 million people to a place that they have heard about, people have died and not seen, they've heard stories, fireside chats, all those things, and I'm the guy. I'm the guy. I don't even have a kid, and I'm supposed to resolve conflict between parents and kids. I'm supposed to judge between them. And they are looking at me with expectation. Hey, Josh. Josh. What's our next move, man? What are we eating for supper, man? Have you ever had that type of anxiety put on you? Where people are looking to you with expectation? Needing stuff? Not just trivial stuff, but things for survival? Can you feel his anxiety rising? Moses, all these people. And then we have... The bit about this little river, Jordan River, that extends about 65 air miles from top to the bottom of the Dead Sea. Accurately enough, 200 miles in reality because of the meandering that the river does. It's a long river. It's called, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, it is called <laughs> the descender in Hebrew for good reason. Because from the top of Mount Hula, as it goes down into the Sea of Galilee, it drops about 70 feet, then about 684 feet, then 651 feet. It is always going down, so it is called the descender. And he has to take his people to this river, this beast of a river, also called the judge, because in ancient days, people threw criminals in there. If they survived the river ride, they would be acquitted of their crime. But if they died, then the river has judged that they were actually guilty. <laughs> now, give and take, there are certain fords around the river where you could actually cross, and it's talked about in Joshua. But they are at the bottom, just above the Dead Sea, which is the lowest point on earth, about 1,300 feet below sea level. And they are not crossing during... The birds singing and the leaves just blowing across the sky. They are crossing in high river season in autumn when the early rains are coming, which means the river is menacing. It goes from three feet to ten feet either way, but during high river season, that is exponentially different. It's not a place where you want to be. The width is about 98 feet, give or take, but during high river season, it's about half a mile. So you're telling me, Lord, I'm supposed to take fathers, mothers, the elderly, people who are nursing to that riverbank to try to cross in high river season. How would you feel? Lord knows that this young man is feeling the brunt of it. Lord knows this young man facing this river, which is not a shadow of itself right now, as it used to be. It's a modern-day picture, but this is not the way it looked thousands of years ago. You're telling me, Lord, that I'm supposed to do a few things for you, right? Take over for Moses, which is by far might be in the running for the greatest, 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 greatest ever leader in Jerusalem. You're telling me that I'm taking his moms, dads, children, military folk who know better than I do, people who have age on their side and more wisdom than I have, to a bank of a river that is menacing, that you can feel the spray of water, the, 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 the soil is shifty. Your whole self, your emotion is engaged. 
Everything you see, everything you hear, everything is engaged. It's not a place where you can fall asleep. I'm supposed to do that for you, Lord. And the Lord knows, and he comes to him and he says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. He doesn't say it once. He says it three times. Have you ever had that sinking feeling? Now, I don't know whenever we come to church what we think of each other, but we know how we live. If you are here on earth, then you have to go for some problems. And if you don't have any yet, just hang on a sec. Because they're on their way. I think at church, sometimes we tend to put on the best face. Well, the Lord is saying, I already know your story. You should know your story as well, each other's story. So let's just come and get some encouragement and be transparent and move as a body, as a people. That sinking feeling. I'm supposed to provide for my family now. You know, I tried this marriage thing and... Your husband didn't want to do it, you know, so I'm by myself. I'm a single mom. No one wants a single mom with like three or four kids. You know, I'm by myself now. Or you're a dad, a single dad. You know what I'm saying? There are people who are going from home to homeless, to sleeping in their cars. I saw this documentary one time where in California, it's so expensive to live that this mother was staying in her BMW with her kid. Yeah, going to convenience stores to take baths and do different things because they can't afford the rent. You know what I'm saying? People are making transitions every single day. There's anxiety, there's depressions, there's feelings of worthlessness. Feelings of, I really can't do this. I don't want to do this anymore. Losing people. Come on, man. I'm talking to people who've been through things, who know what it is to want and to groan and to not sleep at night. If you're not that person, then we need to talk to you to find out what you're doing. Just be strong and courageous three times. I know what you're going through, Joshua. I can see you. Interestingly enough, he did not tell him that I was going to take everything away. Because the Lord knows who he made. He knows our spirit, so he knows what we can handle. And in our time of need, he comes to walk alongside us, not to just take everything away. And it, and it seems that even in this new modern-day gospel, people are saying, pray this away and call for this and call for that. But that's not the Bible, yo. I've never read that in the Bible. Matter of fact, the way to Christ is through suffering. The way to be a disciple is through suffering. Make no mistake about it. We've exchanged the cross for an earthly crown where we get all our stuff and our happy times and our happy trails. But it's not always happy trails. And we can learn to smile. We can learn to move along and have some joy, even if there's no happy trails. Happy trails is not things or people. Happy trails is the presence of God. That sinking feeling, man, I don't know what to do, where to turn. I'm on my back. And the only thing I can do is to look up. You know, uh, a few years ago, well, I say a, three, a few years ago, but 17 years ago, I made a transition from Dominica to Harding University by way of St. Lucia. And no, I did not stay at Sandals, you know, <laughs> so don't get any ideas. I stayed, um, I stayed with a few members from the Guo Islet Church of Christ. Anybody just speak um, French or Patois? What does that mean, Guo Islet? Go Islet. Go. Mila. Go Islet. Oh, it's a big 
Yeah, Big Island. Okay, we've got to translate it in Big Island. Went there, and um, I met this lovely family that I spent the night before my flight. Took up the next morning. Um, they fed me. We went to church together. The two boys were so enthused with the gospel, with knowing about Christ and serving. They actually had to give up the beds because that's what we do on the islands. If you have a visitor, just give a, give a bed up or your room. And so I spent time talking to them. I just could not believe that a family was so entrenched in the word of God. And as they rose up, they sang praises. And Caribbean mothers don't, do not play. They will smack you upside the head with the quickness. <laughs> but that was the level of respect there where these boys know what they could have said to their mom and what they could not have said. You know what I'm saying? And that was just, that was just so amazing. And during the nighttime, one of the, the older boys, he led singing at the church. And um, I remember... We were just staying up talking. Well, so you going to Harding? I want to go to Harding. I want to lead singing. I want to. You were so enthused with going to a Christian college. And I left that morning, and I would not see the older brother until a few years had passed. I came from work one day, and um, just put my bag down and started to look at the news, and I saw that the older brother had made the news. So, at that moment, it dawned on me that he had transitioned. He was no longer there, and I guess he could remember the story. <clears throat> but his life was taken, and so his parents and his younger brother were put in a spot where they had to deal with the transition of him not coming home on Christmases, or potentially marrying a bride, or potentially having you know, grandkids, all that stuff was now gone. And the family had to learn how to transition with their son not being in our presence anymore. And um, I remember how solid they were. I remember how they sang praises. And I remember the younger one, how he loved his brother. And so even if it was hard, I knew that they would be pushing through. But then the story has a twist because on the day of the trial, uh, when the young lady was sentenced, the younger brother took the stand. And um, I remember him sitting there and you know, looking at the lady who had shot his, his brother. And he began to say words that you do not say unless you have been in the presence of the Lord. He told her that his brother, Bo, would not want her to rot in jail. That um, he would want her to know Jesus and to be saved. And so as he's speaking, he's not playing into the narrative of policing in America, which is a whole separate issue in itself. He was speaking for himself and his families, knowing that he missed his brother and he loved his brother. And so I, I, I watched on social media and people who, was, who, were, who were called Christians are saying, oh, they hate this guy. How can, how can this guy say those things? Christians were saying those types of things. And, and I'm like, how could you be a Christian and not spend time with God? You know what I'm saying? He's not in it for fame or popularity. He's expressing the depth of his heart. While one brother died praising, the other brother was leaving, continuing to praise God. And the way you praise God is you forgive your enemy. The way you praise God is to make the gospel available to them. And so he was doing that. 
Not for riches, not for fame, not for popularity, of course. Some folks said they wish he died. Bullets, bullets, bullets on social media. I mean, people are, people are crazy. And so I remember his faith, his family's faith, and it did not surprise me that somebody going through transition where his brother would not be there anymore to talk to him, to give a handshake, to play a pickup game of basketball, says, my brother would want forgiveness for you and salvation for you as well. Because that was Bo. If you knew your brother, his brother, you would have known that that would be his wish as well. A lot of people who don't know their family, don't know him personally, are saying things out of the depth of their confusion. This is the place where we, have become, where we have come to, where people who are supposed to be Christians do not transition well. They do not transition well because they are not living in the presence of God. Because they are not reading the word of God. We are spending time listening to blogs and, you know, NPR radio and these things. These things should not bring us to the presence of God. They should remind us. But it's, it's a process. Get into the presence of God. Verse 8, Joshua 1 says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Not just when you have time. Not just when you feel like. Not just when you can schedule it. But day and night. And so the Israelites, when their kids were getting up, the word of God. When they were going to sleep, the word of God. They didn't have to spend time memorizing the books of the Bible because they knew the word and it came naturally. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you will be successful and prosperous. Not just physically, not just with riches, but spiritually. You will understand the times. And things that come to your door would not break you, but they would shape you. Keep this book. Think about it day and night. We think about a lot of things. We think about a lot of things. We give our time to a lot of things. But when trouble comes, those things do not give us perspective. Those things don't lift us up. God said, seek me. The mind of God is revealed in the word of God. And I don't know how he does it. I just know it's a supernatural interaction where you process with God and you get to know what is truth and what is not truth as you spend time there. Because trial will reveal what is in your heart. Trial will reveal where you spend your time. So we all live in a transition. I'm not too sure what you're facing today. I'm not too sure what you've been through, what you've getting get ready to go through. I just know that God gives an invitation. Seek me, seek my heart. Joshua, I can feel your anxiety, I can feel your depression, I can feel you just shaking because of what's in front of you. But man, I got you. Be courageous. Stand up. Keep my word on your lips. The guy took the stand and he said those words because God's word was on his lips. And when it's on your lips, you cannot do nothing but to speak it. It becomes a part of you. If you're naturally selecting what you say and what you don't say, that's not the, that's, that's not the influence of God. Because when he takes over, he takes over all the way. You don't have to say, Lord, I got this one. I got this one. You, know, you have the next one. I'm going to get this one. No. doesn't matter anybody 
who's in the room, if, if, if they're not going to, you know, you know, care for what you say or what your opinion is, if you're speaking the word of God, you're speaking the word of God. It's not for your glorification anyway. It's for His. So as we have our song prepared, I want you guys to understand that we are an eclectic bunch at Bay Area. We do not have it all together. We're just trying to make things work. And everyone you see in here is broken. You know what I'm saying? We, there's no facades that we're coming to. Because we all know where we live and how life will test us. We have things to do. So let's prioritize and get back to God's word. Get back to his presence. Because if you're living in that moment, in that presence, life cannot defeat you. Life cannot defeat you. I'm not standing here saying things that I don't know about. When I lost my dad, I thought that, man, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Like, and my wife had to give me a, some space to kind of process. Because I had some things that I never said to him that I wanted to say. But God is faithful if we are willing to submit. If you have such a willingness, the throne, the altar is open for us to come and, you know, grow together, search together. Song leader, if you have a song, let's get it now as we stand and sing and ask God to bless our transitions. Deeper.